Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back to the High Low Sports Podcast. This is DJ joined by Kelsey and our special guest, Devin, as well, too. You you might remember from our NBA preseason predictions. Well, he's back now, so we could do a quick recap of the season. So, Devin, glad to have you back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It should be fun. So we're going to spend the first half, the opening act of this podcast, talking about what we saw happen and talk about how it compares to some of our preseason predictions. So Devin, you called the MVP right off the gate. We'll let you go ahead and start for first. What well, some of the things that you, that you saw before the season and some things that surprised you? I was like, honestly, a lot, a lot surprised me. I had thrown Jokic out as an MVP, just as like what he did in the playoffs the year before. And I mean, he just played out of his mind. it's just crazy it's great to see first time a second rounder a true second rounder winning an MVP in the NBA so that's just exciting stuff um yeah there was a a lot of players that stepped up a lot more than I thought they were going to be Devin Booker being one of them um not so much in the last round of the playoffs but adding that adding Chris Paul was a huge help to him and you saw him and DeAndre Ayton's games grow immensely 
Um, one thing I did say, and I got to eat my words now, um, didn't think the Bucks were going to uh, be good in the playoffs. Um, you had them the bounced in the first round? First round, I had them bounced. So I got to eat my words. Um, it was bad. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a lot of people actually thought they'd do what they did this year and win the whole thing. Not a whole lot of people did as well, too. It was a very, very few people did. It was a very clutch pick whoever decided to go with them as well, too. Very smart decision. And to see, wink, wink, aren't you there, DJ? (laughs) I'm just saying, I mean, if the betting odds showed it, so we're gonna roll with it, but yes, good job, DJ. High five, good pick. I mean, for betting odds, I'll take my joke kick on that one, man. All right, that's all right. We're bringing in money, money. so new plan. Anyone who's curious, follow the NBA preseason predictions and just take everybody's bet. You're sure to hit on a couple of them, just take somebody's prediction, you'll get something, Um, for sure. Okay, yeah, and then uh, another one of the ones that I had was Go Bear. Um, and I mean. He, I feel like he was my safe, one of my safest picks. Probably the safest pick I've ever seen. Yeah, I was like, just what he does. But honestly, what what the Jazz are doing is really interesting. I like that they're building around an offense just around him and like his ability to guard the paint, and then just putting shooters around them, which is was really interesting at the beginning that didn't show as well in the playoffs, but their ability to score and just win games was pretty immense in the regular season. I was surprised to see how they did that. They shot the most threes in the game by a lot. They honestly looked like the 2017 Rockets. It was kind of weird to see just with Gobert in the middle. And until the Clippers kind of poked the hole in that armor, it was kind of surprising to see. And Donovan Mitchell's ascension too. I'm going to go to you too, Kelsey, next. We called a bunch of these playoff games on color gas that probably to ad nauseum to a point. What were some of the things that you stuck out for the regular season and in the playoffs as well, too? I mean, look, the the the, the different BAMs we saw. I mean, you had a potential defensive player of the year in BAM in the regular season. And then in the postseason, you saw BAM who was afraid to do anything, literally afraid to do anything. It seemed like he was afraid to attack the paint. He was afraid to try to block anybody, afraid to get a foul called on him. I mean, it was a completely different story for a guy who I had as a defensive player of the year, you know? And, you know, he had a, he had a chance at it and obviously they gave it to go but you know, that's, that's one shocker for me is just the way the heat kind of just. Fizzled, they did, they did not bounce back after that playoff run last year. Like they, they were really cold this entire year with injuries. And as you mentioned, Bam wasn't there. Tyler hero was not a hero. He'd become the villain at some point. They were talking about trading the whole year. You even brought in Victor Oladipo and you didn't get to use him at all, basically. Like yeah, not at all. I mean, that lasted all two weeks and then, and that disappeared again. But no, it's uh, that was a, that was one shock for me. I think the biggest one though, I, I, I the Grizzlies and the fight they put in to get into the playoffs. I mean, look, I know it's a, it's kind of like it didn't mean anything at the end of the day because they got bounced in the first round. But just the excitement that that, that brought to the whole playing system, because I thought the playing system was going to suck. I, I'll be mm. the first one to say it. I thought the playing tournament was just going to be awful. And honestly, that was the most fun I've ever had watching some games and. You know, I, I, obviously the first games weren't that great. Like I look at the Pacers game, that was meh. The Eastern Conference side of it wasn't too great, but the Western playing game is my goodness. Yeah, the Western <laughs> Conference. I mean, you had what you you had LeBron stepping up and, and beating Curry, and then Curry doing absolutely everything he could to try and fight back against Morant, and, and Jaw was just next level. I mean, doing everything right. And I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna piggyback off that for you real quick too. They're, the Grizzlies. They were one. They were the worst team in the league a couple of years ago. Like bottom two. In fact, I think they're projected to have the first pick ahead of the Pelicans, who got it. They scored John Moran, and John Moran's been sensational. 
Do you think they got the better of the two between him and Zion? Those are the top two players as of right now, two seasons in, well, one season for Zion and two for Ja. Do you think they got the better of that trade? Or do you think we still got to wait a little bit longer? I personally think we, we got to wait a little bit longer and, and that has nothing to do with John Morant. That has purely <laughs> everything to do with all the disaster that's happening in New Orleans right now. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You, you've had what three coaches in, in the three going on in the third year now. You're gonna have three head coaches in that time. Um, you had Zion for a year and a half of that total time, not including the bubble extravaganza. I mean, it's. I think it's too early to be calling it a favorite for John Morant. But let's be honest. What John Morant is, he was a capable number one pick too. I mean, you could have easily taken him number one. But I almost don't think he does as well. I think we'd be in a reverse situation if it was Zion going to two to Memphis, then I think we'd, we'd be looking at Zion as like, he's the better pick. Um, I think it's more of a situational thing than anything. Absolutely. Although when you mentioned that, I am curious with John Moran and Brandon Ingram, that could have been fun to see as well too. That could have been pulled off as well. That would have been interesting. I don't know how it would have worked. It probably wouldn't have whatsoever, but it would have been funny as well. See the late, say at least. I, I think the coaching staff for the Grizzlies is just so perfect for this, for the, the young grinded out style. That I mean, let's be honest. Zion runs the same style. I mean, he's a high-pressure defense guy who gets turnovers and gets the ball in transition and and slams it home with with, with crazy amounts of just sheer force. <laughs> and, and John Morant is a guy he can break down anybody, but for the most part, he's a guy that's that's going to be competitive on the defensive end. And when he's doing his best, he's pushing the ball. And I think this coaching staff for the Grizzlies would fit both players. I just think the coaching staff for the 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 Hornet or sorry for the Pelicans. Uh, just not meant for the talent around there. Absolutely. And I'm going to jump to you, Devin, really quickly. You mentioned the playing tournament. What were your thoughts on the playing tournament as well, too? Like, did you like it, love it, hate it? We think we should only have it in the West. Like, which way would you like to see it? <laughs> uh, so I feel like I was definitely in the same boat as Kelsey at the beginning. I hated the idea. I thought it was going to be terrible. Um, I even hated it. Like, the Wizards got in because of it, the playing tournament, but still didn't like it in the East. But, again, I loved it in the West. Um, and I think we should keep it. Um, I think it's a ton of fun and it does bring in some really great like games uh, on that, like not nine, eight teams play some really great basketball. We get to see, and I like it that it's just a one game thing. You're in or you're out. Um, and I think, yeah, it brings some pressure for some really great basketball. Absolutely. As well, too. It was really fun. I'm going to go back to both of you with this one too. I'll start with Kelsey. You, we mentioned John Moran. So I'm going to, I mentioned him in one of our casts and it's been a while. So I'm going to bring it back up in. He reminds me a little bit of a young Derrick Rose, the explosiveness, the excitement, the controlling the team, even though it's not, it looks quote unquote offensively inept, but he runs everything and it looks like it gets going. He leads him assists. He leads him in points. He's all over the place. Defensively, you mentioned too, he harasses people. His jump shots coming along. It's not quite there. Yet. He's not really going to kill you with it, but it definitely, it's there. It's coming. Kelsey, I'll start with you. What do you think of that comparison or am I completely off my rocker? I like it. I mean, I do think a lot like D Rose, his jumper is something he's finding. Um, yeah, that's supposed to that three point shot. I mean, we, we, we didn't really see D Rose finding his three point shot until now, uh, <laughs> in his career. Whereas, you know, John Ranch showing that he could actually shoot the three point shot. He, he showed it, um, against the, against the Warriors, but he also showed it against the jazz in the first round as well. So, I mean, it's like he's, he, he's not showing that, that capability, but his explosiveness to the basket is second to none. And ironically, he does suffer from a lot of the same issues D Rose did, which is his teammates not making shots or or not making smart shots um and you know that's uh just a byproduct of having a young team around you i mean you have dylan brooks which is a, a big help for for john morant but other than that you guys you got big guys trying to play wing defenders and, and three and d type of guys and you got you got little guys trying to play down low i mean 
Uh, Desmond Bain looks like a, like like he'll help out with John Rant's assist numbers even more. So, um, you know, you just gotta. Yeah, I do like the comparison, but I, I mean, I do think he's gonna come along a little quicker, mostly because as of right now, little to no injury woes. Exactly, and it's a little more of a point guard centric league, at least in the regular season as well, too. And I'll go to you, Devin. Now, what do you think of the John Rant comparison? Am I off my rocker, or and is there somebody else you'd prefer the comparison to? Uh, I think it's a a great comparison. Uh, there's only one other player whose game that I would kind of compare John Morant to right now or more younger versions. They played very similar and that's a, a younger Russell Westbrook and John Morant. Uh, they played a lot, a lot of the similar, very explosive uh, played very, just tenacious. They just both are players that are going to give a hundred percent every game. Um, yeah. Scored similar. John Morant sh- uh, shoots a little bit better from three, but still, uh, they have, they both have that shooting woes. They're going to, they're players or point guards that get their team involved, but that's kind of my, for me, I think that's the best comparison, but I really like the Derek Rose one. And I hadn't thought of that one. Absolutely. And I'm going to go into another, I'm going to talk a little bit about a player that a lot of people were really high on. None of us really put him in our top 15, but we all respected his game. And that was Ben Simmons. He was a guy that was really thought highly of. A lot of people were saying he's a top 10 player. We didn't put him in our top 15, but we, I think a couple of us mentioned like, he's good. We just need to see a little bit more. Well, right now, that is not the case, considering he is basically a shopping block piece. He is, he is on the trade block, and it looks like he's not going to be back in Philadelphia as well, too. What do we think of this? Does it feel like he's regressed over the years? What do, I, I feel like he has been the exact same player since he was 18 to when he's like 25 or whatever he is now as well, too. It hasn't been like he's been gotten worse. He's just kind of plateaued, and that's what disappointed people. Do I, does that make sense to you guys? Do you, do you guys think the same thing? I'll go to Kelsey first on this one. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> we talked about this during the playoffs. It's <laughs> Um, it, it's a unique thing with Ben Simmons. I mean, if you take his game and you just take away the free throw issues that he had in these playoffs, especially, I think it's safe to say he's a top five to six point guard in the league. Now you add in those free throw woes, you're like, well, okay, hold on now. You you know, your job as a point guard is to be able to close out a game if need be, because you have to have the ball in your hand. If you can't be on the court in the end of the fourth quarter, how good are you to my team? Like, it takes him from a from being almost elite to really kind of just average at the end of the day. Like you can't trust him. You you just can't trust him at the end of the fourth quarter, and that scares me. If I'm a if I'm a anybody you know trying to come and pick him up or you know get him in a trade or anything, and like what Philadelphia is asking for him right now, I, it seems extraordinary that anybody would even consider it. Uh, it's just unheard of. I mean, it's <laughs> last I checked was a couple draft swaps and. And then a couple first round future picks and, and, and to end players. Um, and so it's just like, mm. what? Uh, for, for that guy that was afraid to shoot a layup because he was afraid he was going to get fouled. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with a guy struggling from the free throw line. Let me be very clear about that. I have a problem with a guy afraid to go to the free throw line. And if you're a point guard or you're running that point forward role in the fourth quarter and you're afraid to go to the free throw line, you're no good to me. I mean, Giannis had free throw woes, and he was he was trying to go to the free throw line half time. He's complaining when he's not getting fouled when he's shooting thirty percent and getting distracted by guys counting hundreds in front of him. And and when he has a closeout game, he shoots the best he's ever shot in a game. Like legendary free throws. I mean, what was what did it finish eighteen of twenty, a seventeen of nineteen, something absolutely insane like that as well too. Yeah. And I'll go to you, Devin, with that one. What are your thoughts on Ben Simmons' move forward? Obviously, it looks like they're going to try and trade him. Do you think there's a trade partner that's suitable, or at this point, if you're if you're the GM of a team, you're like, nope, not doing it, not going to work, not going to risk it. I was like, I don't know if I'm the GM of the 76ers, I move Ben Simmons or 
my fans are going to riot. Like, <laughs> honestly, we're going to have blood in the streets of Philadelphia. It's going to be bad if they don't move that player, move <laughs> poor Ben Simmons. Um, and like you guys were saying, his, in my mind, his offensive game has not improved at all um, from his rookie season to now. Um, I mean, he, t- he shoots more threes, but doesn't make it like, <laughs> from <laughs> minus know. one to plus one. That is his differential. <laughs> like, so there's just, he just, yeah, offensively hasn't gotten any better defensively. I think he has um, defensively. He's, he was another one of those players with Bam that He was in that conversation for defensive player of the year. Should have won it. He, he plays fantastic defense, um, but offensively he's a liability. Like, and he's not like a big guy, like Gobert that you can kind of hide. He's your point guard cannot it, be an offensive liability it feels um, like a quarterback who can't identify the coverage pre-snap honestly where he's kind of yeah. going in there to where he gets a little bit nervous and then at the same time he can't seem to shoot the ball that sort of thing as well too so it sounds like we're both yeah. on the moving thing but before we move off philadelphia i gotta rub the salt in the wound a little bit between the two of you who do you think is more hated amongst philadelphia fans carson wentz or ben simmons ben simmons yeah carson wentz wasn't on the field when they won a super bowl everybody was like oh it'll be okay carson will come back so they still have that like there was a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz on the roster, technically, <laughs> um, situation where the you know Ben Simmons is absolutely petrified to shoot her layup. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, this, that's that's still there. Um, I, still last, like, I still think they hate Santa yeah. Claus more, but you know, uh, Ben Simmons or Canadian back. robots. They're not yeah. fans of Canadian robots either. <laughs> yeah, <they're> <laughs> so it's a very long list of hatred in Philadelphia too. Not the not so brotherly love city as well. And one, I'm going to jump back to the West now. A team that we all picked to be pretty good, make the playoffs. But I had no idea they would do what they do was the Suns. I think we all saw Chris Paul, the addition, we're like, okay, they'll make the playoffs. But we thought maybe maybe win a playoff series, but they won't be too far. I mean, there's still a lot of young kids. Booker and Aiden are still growing. Well, we were wrong. They ended up being, a pretty, honestly, probably the best team in the league if you encompass the entire season, playoffs and regular season, and even throughout the playoff run. I mean, they ran out of steam down the stretch to the Bucks as well, too. What, is, what are your thoughts on what the Suns pulled out this year? Devin, I'll go to you first. Was it something that, like, we all thought they'd be good, but, this was honestly pretty sensational. There was a point where they won nine playoff games in a row. They were they were amazing. But one of the players that blew me away the most was Cameron Payne. Like, I didn't see that coming. Um, he was just so much better than I thought he was going to be. I mean, he got put pushed down out of the league, basically. Um, and then... No, no, out of the league. Completely yeah, out of the all league. Yeah, like, all the way out. All the way out of the circle. <laughs> yeah, no, it was China. I couldn't remember if it was China or the G League. Um, but yeah, completely pushed out and then came back. And I mean, really good in the bubble. But I, yeah, just the bubble. I didn't take a lot of things in, uh, into perspective and really talk about it, think about it. And then, yeah, just blew up this year. And it was really a great player off the bench for that team. Absolutely as well, too. And Kelsey, I know we kind of stole your thunder because campaign's been your guy throughout these color cast playoff runs. So is there anything you wanted to change on that, or do you just take all of your – he took all your steam on that one, did No, look, I'm just going to keep adding on with campaign <laughs> the fact that the team that drafted him, the Chicago Bulls, a, one of the guys that drafted him said after his second practice, he could not operate at the NBA level. He would never be an NBA player. Campaign, please just – Go shake that man's hand and say thank you because whatever fire he lit under your behind and, and mm. get you there. I mean, three G League teams and and three NBA teams plus a a, a China team. I mean, that's not easy to do. Um, we have players like Jimmer Fredette, one NBA team or two. Sorry, two NBA teams, no G League team, and two and just the Shanghai Sharks and lighting it up in Shanghai. 
but he can't get a get a get a look back in the NBA. So for campaign to do what he did is absolutely fantastic. Um, but no, like I mean, you said the I mean, I had them in the playoffs, but I didn't have them number two in the West. I mean, I we had them all at like five, six, something like that, like a playoff yeah. team, but like not this. Yeah, no, I had Chris Paul, you know, helping him out. I had D Book doing well, in, you know, during the season. And we'd always been clamoring for getting D Book in the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. we, we especially here on on the podcast are big D Book fans when it mm-hmm. comes to we wanted to see him on the on the big stage. Um, we wanted to see what he could do, and it wasn't just him, but DeAndre Ayton. Up until the finals, DeAndre Ayton was fantastic. I mean, really, absolutely a standout. The finals, he he kind of pulled a bam and just went into a shell and didn't really come come out and and play. But uh, you know, I think that's just part of him being young. I mean, really, but I, I think that was really exciting. And also, I, you know, you mentioned campaign, Devin. I want to give another guy a shout out for that team. That's Cam Johnson. The dude was lighting it up from three point land all playoff long. Like he missed the first series and then came in in the second series, came in in the second series, and just can just started lighting it up from the corner, just nonstop. Anything from the elbow of the three point line down, he was just it was call him Drano at that point in time. It was just clearing pipes. It was fantastic to watch. Um, so he had, and he had a great series, even into the finals. I mean, he was impeccable. We talk about that dunk. I mean, <laughs> one of the highlight reels of the playoffs. So we can't just leave that out of there. That was, uh, coming for a body type of a dunk too. That was a month. That was a monstrosity of a dunk as well, too. Absolutely. And we'll talk about now, Chris Paul, we, the whole thing was, he's never been to a finals. He can't get his team past the contrast. Well, he got to the finals and he went up two to nothing at one point. And then he kind of fizzled out until that closeout game. He actually played one of his better games in the playoffs in the final game as well, too. Do you think this kind of hurt his legacy, helped his legacy, doesn't really change a lot? Because obviously we all still think he's a Hall of Fame point guard. Like, we're not – we're saying, like, do you think that's going to hurt him in the rankings long-term or or do you think it's not really going to change a whole lot? Kelsey, I'll go to you first. I, I think I think this will help him mostly because he is a uh, creature of habit, uh, Chris Paul is, when he, when he is in his career. And what I mean by that is when he makes it to a stead point, like, you know, a certain, a new level, he stays at that new level for two years, two years usually. When he made it to, you know, got the Clippers competitive, they were competitive for three straight years. The Suns now, they've been to a, you've been to an NBA finals now. Your next step is to get to the NBA finals and win three games. Which, by the way, the Suns in their franchise history have never won three games in the finals. So that's very interesting to talk about, uh, mm-hmm. not just a Chris Paul situation, but I think the next step, obviously, you you have that team together, you have them working working on you know on the same page. Chris Paul's already said he's coming back to work next year. He's he's coming back to do it, and I have no reason to believe this team can't be the perennial favorite in the West right now. Considering how strong the West is, I'm still going to say you're the reigning Western Conference champions you immediately become the target on your back can. And I think Chris Paul can handle that and do even better this next season. And before we go into Devin answer, I'm going to throw you on the quickly blazing hot seat really quick right now. You're entirely too early prediction. Do the Suns make it out of the West next year? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. wait, this is obviously, this is not, you're not held accountable for this when we do our predictions in the future as well. I will, too, but. I will claim it in the future. I will claim it in six to eight months. I will claim it when they do not make it out of the Western Conference Finals <laughs> this year. I will still say I said it because I believe it. I, I, I trust in Chris Paul when it comes to being a leader. And it, you saw it in the playoffs. I mean, when he, when, he, when he wanted to take a game over at any point in time, he could. 30-plus years old, 30-what, 5, 36? 
36, 37. Yeah, senior citizen discount, something in that area. And he's taking over the league against a defensive, former defensive player of the year in Drew Holiday. I, I mean, what, second team defense this year? I believe. First team. First team defense First team. this year in Drew Holiday. So, yeah, you're doing it against him, doing it against Chris Milton, two Olympians, by the way, doing it against Giannis, making Gian- honest to God, making Giannis look like a fool with that reach. I mean, if Chris Paul could do that at 36, I have no reason to believe he can't do it at 37. And you now got Devin Booker, the most points in a playoff, in someone's debut playoffs ever. Granted, he had more games than most people do, but the point still stands. Like, you said get him in the playoffs, and boy, did he not disappoint. You, he's only going to get better moving forward. And Devin, I'll go to you really quick. What are your thoughts on Chris Paul? Do you think this finals loss hurt him, help him, or do you think it sets him off for next year? Or do you think the, the cliff is on? I, I think it helped him, honestly. Uh, Long term, I mean, it's one thing being a player to never, like, win a championship, when it never win a title. But it's another thing to never even make it to a title game. So at least making it to an NBA finals, I think, end of the day, that helps helps him, helps his narrative a bunch. Um, I'm really interested, um, and, I, and I'm and i just waiting to hear news now. I'm hoping we'll hear something soon on what he wants to do because he's got a player option this year, uh, $36 million. So does he take his player option? Does he uh, try to get – does he stick with the Suns? Does he look for greener pastures? I think he should stay. Um, I think uh, this Suns team is electric. Um, they're really good, and they are in a striking spot to be – top team in the West again. Um, and I'm just excited to be able to watch. Absolutely as well too. And we mentioned that Kelsey, we had talked about DeAndre in a little bit as well too. He had a sensational playoff run 70% from the field up until like game two of the finals or something like that. Like he was absolutely sensational. Double averaging a double, double, double throughout the season. He was amazing. And Kelsey kind of mentioned in that finals, he kind of wilted a little bit down the stretch. He was not the same player. Bam also kind of did, did it in the playoffs as well too. The common factor was they were going against Giannis Antetokounmpo who all of a sudden is the best center in the game. It seems like even though he's not even a true center. So Kelsey, what do you think about Giannis? What did he show this season? Where do you rank him now moving forward as well? I mean, he bullied centers. He outran the wall. He ran around the, they built a wall in front of him. He ran around it. He ran through it. He jumped over it. He reached over it. Like, did he change? How much did the narrative around Giannis change in this postseason as well as the regular season? I might say something blasphemous right here. Oh, okay. So it's about time. I've been waiting for this. Let me just pop my nagle. There we go. All right. Kevin Durant is the world's best scorer, but Giannis might be the world's best all-around player. Oh, I was expecting something way more blasphemous. I was expecting to say he's like not even top 15, but that, that's reasonable. Okay. I'm, I'm no, sure. I, I, I think we saw, you know, I always make a reference with like these older teams moving and, and younger players coming up and under, you know, passing the torch, right? Like I talked about it in the NFL predictions and things like that. I think we saw Giannis take that torch. Not just like nobody passed it to him. He just snatched <laughs> the torch out of people's hands along the way. I mean, they should have been out against the Nets had it not been for an injury and then him him himself coming back from injury to bring them into the, you know, to take that series. That's a fantastic. Playing the first couple games of the finals still injured. I mean, you could clearly see it. And it was like game three. It was just like, boom, I'm I'm on a new level. Like, just watch what I can do. See, see what I can do. And, and when he came back from injury, I don't think I've seen a player more dedicated to doing whatever he could. I I mean, we talked about it during the color cast, like how do you stop him? And I, I, there was no, no way you could stop him because at any point in time, he is making his way into the paint and he makes his first move. If he makes his first move inside of the painted area, you're not stopping him. And that spin move that he was pulling on his injured knee 
that was fantastic to watch. I mean, if he adds more to his game, and we've seen it a little bit, the little flashes of his step back, a little flashes of his of a, of a, of a baby hook coming in, of you know mid range shots, and as much as I don't like the three point shots, if he's fluid, it looks okay. But it's when he starts doing his hitch and go type of three point shots, that's like no man <laughs> to see those. Um, but like I, I'm okay with it because the dude was giving you. a buckets but he's also giving you rebounds he's also giving you defensive plays up the i mean just everything was either being affected or blocked or touched in some way shape or form by Giannis. and on top of that he's a dang good passer that we don't see as much now that he's not playing point center at the, for them anymore either as well this year, where he put, did that the previous season now you get to see his passing ability off the block and it's like oh yeah how do you stop him besides foul him and hope he's missing at this point it seems like yeah, and I, I do think this is a uh, – and he's still growing. I mean, this is the crazy <laughs> thing about him. He's still growing as a basketball player. His basketball his, – his intelligence for the game is there, but his actual skills on the court are still progressing, and that's terrifying to think about because he's already uh, – when he's on his game, when he was the way he was in the finals, he is the best all-around player in the game defensively and offensively just because he can do so much. Absolutely. Wow. He's amazing. Like, yeah, that was yeah. that finals run was I don't even know how to put it in the words, especially that closeout game. It's like, oh, it's a closeout game. It's the biggest one. Oh, you played your best game of the season. Oh, OK. You not only showed up in clutch time, you made clutch time. You're, you know what? Yeah, he got a 50 piece in a finals closeout game. LeBron's never done that. He, and you gave you double digit rebounds and I think is five assists and was it five blocks on top of it, too? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Mike, and he's doing almost this- had five steals. I believe he had three at the end of the game. And he's doing this on that dead leg, as you mentioned, too, after injuring it, too, which is even more insane. Imagine we could have done it if he rolled in healthy. It's like that injury somehow made him better. It's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It doesn't make sense, honestly. I can't even put it in the words. Everybody forgets his hyperextended elbow, too, in the early on in the playoffs. I mean, that's a big uh, – I don't, I don't know what his free throw issues were, but I have to say as the playoffs went on, they got better, and maybe the elbow was the issue. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and then you add the leg into it. Now you have your, <laughs> your dead left leg. <laughs> dead right elbow and you're shooting a free throw trying to balance them out it doesn't really work that way so i mean i don't want to say injuries played a part but there's a potential there that that maybe we didn't even see the best Giannis we could have seen which is crazy to think about because that was a fan i don't think we've seen a better finals run by any player not at all too and injuries were the story of this playoffs well too but I'll go to you Devin. what do you think this playoffs and regular season does for you has done for Giannis moving forward because he was the guy that is a great regular season player but won't do anything in the playoffs back-to-back mvp defense player of the year but then you build a wall and he's done. Well, he officially has destroyed the wall. There is no longer an efficient wall because if you build it, he will run through it, around it, or do whatever needs to be done. Where do you rank him now? So Kelsey says he might be the best all-around player. Do you agree with that sentiment, or do you have a slight change to that? Honestly, I I, I agree uh, with what Kelsey's saying for the most part. I mean, I love Kawhi, and I'd like to argue with that a little bit, but honestly, I don't think I can. Um, Not when you miss that many games. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he misses too many games. He he shows up kind of, but not always. And when, yeah, and Giannis makes me made me eat my words already. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier, I I was one of those people on the narrative of he's he's a regular season guy. He's not a postseason guy, and proved me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's one thing that this did is proved all the naysayers wrong, like myself. That no, he is he is a all around all all seasons basketball guy, player and he can win um you can take a team to a championship um yeah and right now and i and i mean i may change my voice but right now he's the best player in the nba by far hands down 
Oh, um, by far, not even close. Huh? You're saying it's a, it's a landslide. Hands down. I, I think you can put a few other players in that conversation, but I think for the most part, it's Giannis right now. Um, well, now you guys he, made me feel like the jerk walk because I still have Kevin Durant as number one and Giannis is an incredibly close number two. Like it's 1A, 1B, but now he, you guys are trying to make me feel like the weirdo here saying Kevin Durant's that good. So, now, hold yeah, on. Mine's, mine's Giannis, Kevin Durant, and then uh, Kwai. That's for, for myself. Um, cool. And I'm glad we'll hold you to that because in our second segment, yeah. too, we're going to talk about moving forward as well, too. We're going to give our top five players after this season going into next season. Well, too. But Kelsey looks like you want to chime in on that real quick. Maybe you, you're calling me blasphemous, I think. No, 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 no. Actually, <laughs> I think he's calling me blasphemous. <laughs> I'm, glad you, I'm glad you both put those two as your top two because that's going to make this question even better. If both KD and Giannis retire today. Okay, like, Kendrick Perkins. If they retire <laughs> today. Exactly. This is exactly who I'm getting Kevin, from Kendrick KD. Perkins. Who do you rank as the better player historically in the NBA? It's Kevin, Kevin right now. I mean, Kevin has a seven-year advantage on yeah. top of it, too. Like, that's what I'm saying, too. Like, I, <laughs> that's, it's, that's it's not a question. Despite now that, that Giannis has two MVPs, he's the first-ever player with an MVP, a regular, sorry, a regular season MVP, a most improved player, defensive player of the year, and a finals MVP under his belt. Yes. Along with a finals championship. I, like he has all those accolades you mentioned. I just think he needs a little more longevity of doing it, which he's going to get. Like we already know he's going to. I'm just saying like right now, yeah. Kevin Durant has came out in 2007, 14 years of NBA experience. Kevin Durant has, or not Kevin, Giannis has seven. So like has 14 it's just, years of total basketball yeah. experience. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's get like, he's well on that ascension. Like if you compare their ascensions at this point in their careers, Giannis is even higher. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause if I'm not mistaken. Kevin won his MVP in the mommy, the real MVP season in a seventh season as well too. the one where when we did MVP rankings, you had him as number two, I believe number two or number three. So like, yeah. don't worry on his ascension's a little bit higher than Kevin's was even at that time. But when you give Kevin the edge right now, because he's coming off an Achilles injury and still did that. He was a yeah. giant half size foot toe away from knocking out that Giannis and that full squad with his guys dinged up as well too. I mean, obviously depending on how narratives change, that sort of thing. Kevin's always been on these ridiculous teams when he's, when he's won the finals, like the golden state Hampton five, to market just ridiculousness don't you can't even put down the words and then this year with the brooklyn the brooklyn three i mean with him james harden and Kyrie. granted they played 12 games together but the star power at any given including playoffs exactly like the star power at any given moment so depending on how you shape the narrative yes i could see Giannis passing but right now i'm going to give kevin the advantage experience and just his game is rounded right now like he can score from anywhere on the court his help side defense kind of like Giannis, with their extremely stupid length long length arms are able to contest and block shots as well too. Kevin doesn't isn't quite as good defensively in that regard. I think I think he's a little bit better one on one perimeter defender, just a little bit because he's more of a small forward that's continued to grow somehow. Where Giannis was always been the tall kind of paint defender who's just now thicker and bullying centers like Bam and DeAndre Ayton. So they're a little bit different defensively, but I think Giannis is better obviously. But Kevin's game offensively is unparalleled. He even showed the ability to pass in that playoff run too. I think Giannis is a little bit better of a passer, but what Giannis brings overall full offensive game, I'm gonna give him the. I'm going to give Kevin the slight edge right now, but Giannis' trajectory, when they're both said all done, especially if he can avoid injury, which has kind of played Kevin in certain spots too, you never know. I mean, because this title, this one title is going to hold a lot of weight, even though there's the injury asterisk next to it with everybody losing a star or losing a significant player at some point. The difference is Giannis was that player that got hurt for the Bucks, so it's like, well, okay, they lost one too. It just happened to be him, and they won two games without him. So you can shape it however you want as well too. I'm going to give Kevin the nod right now if they both retire, but it's, Giannis's trajectory is like a 90 degree angle of going up right now. I there's it's only going up from here, barring catastrophic injury. Yeah, definitely. Devin, do you have anything to add to that? 
just the same thing you said. <laughs> I completely agree. But like, don't get me wrong. Like, if you're telling me I get a, one of the top two picks that we did, like a fantasy draft, and I get one of the top two picks, I will take either one of those with a big old grin on my face and my soul on the table. Like, here you go. We are moving like, forward with, for at least three to five years, if maybe longer. If I get Giannis, we are competing for a title. Does not matter yeah. who you give me as well, too. Like here's if I'm a, a GM, stat, I'm excited though. for either of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's a crazy stat about Giannis this season, this MV, this title run completely. Giving this title run to, to Giannis, he now has more awards in his in his time than both MJ and jo- and LeBron at the age of 26. More awards and one more title. Absolutely, too. And it, as his uh, game rounds out, too, he might be in that GOAT conversation as it keeps going. Obviously, it's really early to talk about that he's yeah. played for six, seven years. Like, let's let's not get he's too still hasty. He's got another but... 15 years to go. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, let's not get hasty. And he still has a lot of weaknesses. Like, yeah, his left hand right. is still virtually non-existent. Like, we, there's still some work to do. But with all this work to do, he still pulled this off. So, I, I love this as well too. Like I mentioned, that's pretty. The way you word it is much better than the way Kendrick Perkins said it as well too. Like, I'll give you credit yeah. for that one too. The way Kendrick Perkins just posted on Twitter, he tried to make it sound like he tried to make it sound like, nope, Giannis is better and forever will be or something like that. No, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I think KD is still, still better yeah. as of career arc right now. I mean, you, you said that you hit the nail on the head. 14 years. 14 years is a long time, sir. Especially when you consider he, he has built that Thunder organization up from quite literally zero. Zero to where they are. And then was like, I'm going to take my opportunity. That was gifted to me. And I'm going to go sign with these guys who have already won a championship. Now, let me go make them even better somehow. A team that won 73 games, I'm going to make them unbeatable in the playoffs yeah, now. This isn't going to be fun for anybody. <laughs> for the best record in a season and go get my finals MVP and, a, and, and you know, uh, a mean, finals championship. Like, let me do that. And let me beat LeBron on the way so I get that little notch in my belt. And let's do it twice while we're at it. Yeah. Everything we just yeah. said, let's do it I was twice. like, single-handedly ruin competitiveness of the NBA for two years. Exactly. That's how good he was. And it took him getting like, injured for Kawhi and the Raptors, arguably, to win. You could say maybe they would have won with or without him. We don't know that. But it, like, the same thing, six in one end, half a dozen in the other as well, too. So that will wrap up our first part of the segment where we kind of look back on the season. In our next segment, we're going to talk about what we see going forward. Like now that the draft is gone, we got some teams starting to take a little bit of shape. We're going to talk a little about what we have going forward. But Kelsey, you want to give a quick shout out to one of our sponsors real quick? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, if you guys haven't already gone out there and checked out Dr. Squatch, please do so. Uh, we have... <laughs> Yeah, we, we we only say that because we're both nerds. Well, and Devin's a nerd too, so he gets to be included in this. If you guys didn't hear, Dr. Squatch did release a limited time Star Wars box. Uh, it's a whole bundle of four soaps. You got Obi, you have Yoda, you have Darth Vader, and you have Darth Maul. If you guys don't know who those people are, well, you probably just turned us off already by now. <laughs> but if you, if you do, you probably have talked to us at least once before in our life, so you know about Star Wars. Uh, but look, they're they absolutely fantastic sense. Uh, I think Obi is probably the best smelling one. But Yoda is still my favorite by far. Mm. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out, though, go check it out. The link is in our bio, link tree, uh, right there in our bio on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. And it comes in a limited time box as well, too. That's absolutely sincere. So I'm keeping the box, even when the silk's gone. That box is staying. It's hanging up somewhere. Like it looks like a treasure chest. Like it's a, it's out of this world to say the least. I started playing the Imperial March every time I open it up and, and grab. Mm. I play the Imperial March when I shower too, and just use the Darth Vader soap. It's, I could, just, I could just feel it. It's right, it's right where it needs to be too. So click the link in our bio to check out Doctor Squatch. Highly recommended too. Helps us out, and it will help you out too. The ladies, the men, whoever you want, whoever you wear it around, they will love you for it. Absolutely. All right, so that will take us now into our second part of this podcast, where we're going to be looking ahead now with some way too early predictions and some recaps of the draft as well, too. So as you know, the NBA draft just took place recently as well. Cade Cunningham going number one overall, which seemed pretty locked in at this point. I mean, I think a lot of us knew that. Kelsey, especially you've been the Cade Cunningham 
captain of the of that train for basically all season and some change. If you haven't been on that train, where have you been all season long? Well, let's just say you were captaining it even before it was cool to captain it. Look, it was the second lowest hanging fruit pick I've made in this entire sports year going back to my Chiefs and and Bucks pick in the <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Like at this point in time, it's as easy of a pick as you could have made, and it's the smartest pick they've made. I, I mean, really, Kate Cunningham just had NBA ready body all over him. Will he turn out to be that case? I don't know, but I do think he was the smartest pick, and he's probably one of the best IQ players in that draft. But there were a couple guys that snuck down low there that uh, I'm interested to see going going forward. Absolutely, and you kind of started off for me. I'm going to jump to you right now. He's going to the Pistons, an organization not exactly known for being run perfectly recently. Too, they've had their woes and some issues. I thought they had a great draft. You grabbed him. You also got Luca Garza in the second round too, a guy that we were both really high on. I thought he should have been in the first round. I know he's not these traditional mobile centers, but he's going to, he's going to whoop some dudes up in that po- in the post. And he's expanding a three point game. Like he swept all major college awards as last year, like all five of them. So clearly he can basketball and he wasn't even the first Iowa Hawkeye taken in the draft, which is absolutely crazy. You hit him with Kate he's Cunningham. The only the- Iowa Hawkeye that scored in their. <laughs> he scored literally 50% of their points in their March madness game. So I'm going to ask you, they have Kate Cunningham and Luca Garza. I'm going to tell you guys now my really bold prediction right now, which could change is the Pistons make the playoffs next year. I think those two are going to lead the catalyst and they're going to they're going to jump in during that play playing time during the 8th seed. It's not going to be pretty. They're going to get they're going to get spanked in the first round. But they're going to sneak their way in in the East that's really top heavy but kind of dwindling down below as well too. Ooh, man, I don't know about all that. This is also I, 3 months early so when we do predictions, I have the right to change my mind. I, I will say this, I love the Luka Garza pick because he is the exact player I was thinking of when it comes to all basketball IQ. And look, you just said it. He swept the awards this year in college basketball swept them. The award banquets was called the Luca Garza Invitational. Yeah, like <laughs> at this point in time, the only thing he didn't win was all freshman year of the year, which <laughs> by the way went to Cade Cunningham. Surprise, surprise to nobody. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> what what is the draft when the number one basketball player in college basketball, based off of his peers and the people watching college basketball, gets picked? In this second round, what is the, what is the NBA draft at this point in time? Why is this the case that a guy who has served four years making himself NBA ready gets penalized after winning all the potential awards he could possibly win, and the only thing he didn't win was the game he played in March Madness because his team went AWOL. His buddies were too busy thinking about drinking during COVID than they were about playing basketball. I mean... Like, your point guard scored zero points in a playoff game. Your shooting guard scored zero points. Your starting guards combined for zero points. Like, I don't get what is happening in the NBA where a guy who shows his credentials, the, the, the words are on the paper. You see the heart on his chest and on his sleeves. You don't just play four years at Iowa the way he did. You don't get a whole thing named after you. You don't give your team a chance to win your, your March Madness game with four other starters, not scoring. You don't do that without having heart, without having desire and a, a, a way to make your team better. And, and for him to go in the second round as late as he did, it's a, oh. I hate the NBA draft for this. Hmm. This is, this is blasphemous to me because I'm like, this kid is in his prime. He's ready to go. He's learned how to score against much bigger guys. He had to go up against them. I mean, this, I mean, let's come on. Like, if you don't want to take him in the top five, we get that because maybe the ceiling doesn't seem quite as high because he's not the pinnacle of athleticism. But really, nobody else in the first round 
Like none of you, like in the 10 and the 17 ish range, you wanted to go somewhere else. Nobody in like the twenties or thirties, not till 52. Like, I get it. Like there's a, the eye test, whatever. He doesn't look flashy. You know who else didn't look flashy? A guy by the name of Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, just one of the greatest ever basketball players didn't look flashy, but he was fantastic. He just put up a lot of points, but he didn't do it fantastic (laughs) ways. He didn't like baby hooks and layups above the basket. (laughs) They literally didn't let him dunk because he could dunk too high. Yeah. It's like, like Will Chamberlain had like a 42-inch vert. I mean, I don't know. Oh, it's kind of broken, but we'll go to you, Devin, yeah. as well, too. What are your thoughts on the Kate Cunningham pick and what about the NBA draft in general? Suits? Clearly, we we like the Kate Cunningham pick, and we love the Luca Gars in the second-round pick. What are your thoughts on Kate Cunningham going number one? I, that was no-brainer. Um, <laughs> honestly, that I feel like everybody knew that was going to be what was going to happen months ago. Uh I don't know. I like Jalen Green. I think he's good, but I didn't think he was as good as Cade Cunningham. Absolutely. Well, too. Um, do you think, what do you think about him going to the Rockets? Do you think that's a good piece for the Rockets or do you think I, he kind of just went to a dead zone there? I don't know. I, I like it. Um, I mean, still got my boy, John Wall over there. Hmm. If Something. he can, you know, stay healthy. He play, yeah. If he could not uh, tear his Achilles by walking downstairs. Um, Those stairs will get you. If they're slightly off, you'll suddenly start tumbling, I guess too. I mean, he needs to pick his stairs better. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um but I, I like it. I the rock yeah, I was like I like where Jalen Green's going. And honestly the, the pick that I was the most excited for, um, and really the team that you guys talked about, the Pistons having done a really good draft. I really like the magic. Um I really like I mean it's really hard to fuck up the fifth and eighth uh pick. It's really hard to mess that up. Um because you've got you had two high lottery picks and I mean Franz Wagner he's not great offensively but his ability to play defense and shoot threes he's going to be really good and then Jalen Suggs is my early pick uh for rookie of the year I I like that pick I think especially because he'll probably get the captain that team early on as well too so the ball will be in his hands a lot and I think he'll 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 do some good things that was a really I like the Jalen Suggs pick as well well, here's the question, though. Is it is that too many forwards? Like, I mean, how many more forwards did the Magic it's, need at this point? You, you draft them all guards. until it fails, just like the just like the Sixers taught us with centers. You keep drafting them until they just start falling off. They have they have Cole like, Anthony, Jalen Suggs now, and that's their and, guard lineup. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and they've got uh, Markel Fultz. So one oh, of them sorry, is going off right. the they, bench. They have, they have shoulderless yeah. Markel Fultz. Hmm. Yeah, Cole Anthony. Yeah. Like, and then you have guards, then you have forwards, you have forwards and centers. You had to trade, you traded three forwards last year just to add two more in the draft this year. Yeah. It's it's going to be weird. I I do like Jalen Suggs and maybe you can just find a way to work all those forwards. I don't know, but it's, it's going to be weird as well. That's a goofy lineup. And they have no power. They have no small forwards really. Like looking Hmm. at the team, it's really interesting because they've got, um, like Chumo Kiki is their only is their hmm. only small forward technically. Yeah, Absolutely. technically. Um, yeah. Absolutely as well too. Uh, they have Ignis Bradens. I can't pronounce that. Brad that guy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll call him that guy. And I'm gonna one last one last draft. I'm gonna mention as well too. One that I really liked, and it's gonna be another one of my bold predictions is Cleveland getting Evan Mobley. I really love that pick. Getting him at three. You pair him with Jared Allen. This is all contingent on them not trading Colin Sexton though. Not screwing that up. Keep Colin Sexton, you keep Darius Garland, you keep Isaac Okoru, put him with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. That's a legit starting five in the East. Like, I can see them. I said the Pistons, that was my bold prediction. Second bold prediction that's a little bit less bold is the Cavs find themselves in the playing games as well to maybe crack that 7-6 seed area as well too because I love Evan Mobley as a power forward that goes along 
with Jared Allen, who's just going to completely own the paint. He's going to give you, what, 23 and 12, something stupid like that on a nightly basis. And defensively, my goodness, when, when he has the Afro, he is aerodynamic. Evan Mobley is a very gifted offensive four that can also defend. Then that backwards, I mean, that's an Olympic level backward. Both those guys could be Olympians. If honestly, I mean, like, I think that's a fantastic team moving forward. If they don't screw it up in typical Cavaliers fashion, that's a big if though. There's a giant 18 by 18 inch asterisk next to that. Look, I mean, uh, you kind of took a little bit of my thunder with this one. Cause this was my bold prediction that they <laughs> end up with 45 wins and at least 45 wins next year. Oh, okay. So you actually have them basically the way the yeah. East goes, they might lock into a fourth or fifth seed, honestly, like that. Just yeah, considering, just, you know, I'm thinking like fifth through sixth seed. Uh, fourth okay, so you think they lock themselves there. in comfortably, not just earn a play spot? Like, you think they lock it up? I think they do. But I mean, look, you, you said that the, the Olympic select team for the U.S. contains Darius Garland on it. Um, that is, that's no joke. Uh, Jared Allen is a fantastic player when healthy. Uh, Isaac Okoro, second team All NBA rookie. Uh, Colin Sexton, I mean, the kid's a young bull. Uh, you, you, the nickname is not there for a joke. The kid, hmm. the kid can ball. Um, it's more of can he keep his energy under control? I don't mean to like, yeah, there's no better way to put that. Like he's sometimes too high energy. If that's Sometimes he's a little out of control, like a little yeah. on the court. Yeah. Which it might be the best thing for him that Evan Mobley's coming in because what Evan Mobley does is he kind of slows down an offense because you have to be a good offense with Evan Mobley. You have to run the ball through him. It does slow down the tempo a little bit, but you know what? You become exponentially better because he's kind of a Pal Gasol Lamarcus Aldridge, yeah, guys like as, that. As that forward role, like he can handle the ball, he can pass off of the off of the block at any point in time, and he can step out and shoot it too. So, I mean, to say he's Pal Gasol, I'm not trying to slide him by any means. I'm not trying to say he's not great or anything. Like, I mean, Pal like, Gasol is a Hall of Fame oh, yeah. player. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. like I was going to the Hall. <laughs> this he is a quality talent, and he can actually play that position a little bit stronger than what we ever saw Pal Gasol ever run. That's Absolutely, too. And I think so. he has a little bit of that LaMarcus Aldridge game with the ability to shoot from the mid-range as well, too. I think as he gets better at that, too, he's going to be very versatile, and he doesn't have to bang down low as often, which I think is going to help him a lot. But he can still get your boards if the big guys are fighting. He's going to be bigger than everyone else who's not a center, basically, most of the time. So I like them as well, too. I think that's going to be fun as well. And was there any last draft draft comments from either one of you guys real quick before we move on to the next part? I got one. hate being a Wizards fan. Okay, yeah. that's fair. I can't argue with that. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna double up on that with the Kings fan as uh, Davion Mitchell. Why are we getting another guard? I love Davion Mitchell, but that was a terrible pick. You already have De'Aaron Fox, buddy. Healed Tyrese Halliburton, who we both raved about. Like he was the steal of the draft last year. We thought like he was the guy, and I, I just that made no sense. Unless you're gonna trade De'Aaron Fox, which if you do that, what are you doing? That that it that's that's terrible. That is an awful decision. That that dude, they could if the Kings could start winning, he's gonna all-star perennial all-star on the way the problem is the team hasn't won a whole lot so he gets overlooked but that dude's a stud and buddy hill's a fantastic player he fits in perfectly with that offense running next to De'Aaron fox because he's literally always on the wing for De'Aaron fox Mm. has to uh you know he you know there's another piece that fit perfectly with that offense too but now he's in atlanta and that's that's bogdan Bogdanovich. but uh that one that one's still stinging a little bit yeah (laughs) yeah i digress on that one but no look i I don't see the point of getting another guard in davion mitchell he's a fantastic player don't get me wrong I think Davion Mitchell's a fantastic player. I thought for sure that's who the Magic were going to draft, but they surprised everybody and went with Franz Wagner, which is the, the the shocking. That was the shocking one to me. It's like, why do you need another forward, Orlando, when literally the best available player is a guard? Like, 
I don't get it, but yeah. and honestly, I feel like the Kings could just get a center like a Jared Allen that could really flip them around too. So that way Bagley's not basically playing center. If Bagley sticks around, there's been some discontent there. It sounds like we'll, so. Yeah. We'll see how that one goes through, uh, through the off season to uh, be determined to say the least uh, in that regard as well too. But they're another team that we were, we both thought could have made the playing game. And I think they were on a good path for it, but then just couldn't quite close it out to get into the playing game situation. Yeah. They got mathematically eliminated with eight, sorry nine days left left in the regular season so they made it almost made it to my prediction which was to play in the play-in tournament but fortunately just just out of it just ran out a little bit of steam too and we're gonna get to the last part of this looking ahead portion this will be brought to you by fanatics.com too we talked about all these rookies jumping on the team go to fanatics.com you can grab all their gear as well so you can find that luca garza shirt jersey that way you could be among the first to say hey i was right we listened to dj and kelsey at devon and we were correct so we got this future potential rookie of the year before it was cool. So check out fanatics.com link down below as well too. definitely help us out and get all your cool favorite fan gear. So we teased a little bit in the last time morning, get to it now top five players heading into next year after the draft and the postseason as well too. So we already kind of talked about who our top two are going to be. That's going to be pretty unanimous. So I will go ahead and go to you first, Devin. So who are your top five heading into next year? The entirely too early top five players. Uh, like I said, Giannis was number one. Ken Kevin Durant was two and Kawhi was my three. Uh, so it's pretty easy um, for me. So my four, the player that has surprised me the most this season was actually Steph Curry. Um, he he so still got MVP. it. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's just a monster. He's my four, and then Luca Legend. I uh, was okay. a fan of Luca's when it was when it wasn't cool. That's true. I mean, you did you Still did jump fan. on that bandwagon when this when um, we were both a little more like he is really good, but let's see, you were the immediate MVP. He is number five for me. Uh, so you're so you're slacking on him a little bit, is what it sounds like. I mean, uh, unless someone has him higher. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't. I can't speak for Kelsey, but I do not have him higher than five. <laughs> so I will digress on that one as well too. Kelsey, do you have your five list, or should I go next? All right. Yeah. So uh, hmm. obviously, Giannis number one, uh, KD number two. This is where things get a little tricky. Well, this is where it gets weird. <laughs> because Kawhi's knee. This is why, it, it, because of Kawhi's knee, I have question marks. Because of AD's ankle issues, I have question marks. Because of LeBron's ankle issues, I have question marks. Nikola Jokic at three. Joel Embiid at four. And Luka at five. Because okay. I think whoever ends up in like Philadelphia it. as a point guard is going to love their life. Mm-hmm. 100% going to yeah. love their life with Joel Embiid. I do think his health issues do do lend me to put him behind Jokic, considering Jokic also reigning MVP. Did it by himself uh, with with hints of, hey, I'm Michael Porter Jr. I was that really good pick one time um, <laughs> every five games or so. Uh, and and you know, he didn't have a whole lot more to, to deal with than that. And, and you know, Faku coming in and playing point guard for that team was, was impressive as well. But it was really the Jokic show. So he, he gets the nod for me um, over Embiid. And just that's just really cutting hairs on that one. But then, yeah, Luka, everything he did, even in the playoffs, I mean, hard to hard to discredit that one. Uh, I've tried many times to discredit mm. Luka and uh, <laughs> been proven wrong every single time, it looks like. So um, I learned my lesson. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put him in my top five. But it was a very close one because the, the sixth uh, honorable mention, I got to give it to him, is Trey Young. Um, okay. the guy, Tony Parker 2.0. Yeah, he, he <laughs> look. He found himself in these playoffs. I I think he found himself, and um, obviously, you know that that floater is just second to none. So I got to give him at uh, least credit to be like honorable mention for for one of the most dangerous people going into next year. 
Absolutely, too. And I will mention as well, too, Trey, if it wasn't for Devin Booker, probably would have had one of the best postseason debuts we've ever seen. He was right up there as well. If I'm not mistaken, he was the one who passed up in points before Devin Booker passed him up as well, too. If not, there were two of the top three. Like they, Their postseason debuts were absolutely insane. So mine's similar, I mean, to your guys. What I think is funny is we actually we talk about how the East is a weaker conference, yet all of us have more East players than West players in our top five. Ironically, how that works out. At least our top twos are all from the East. That's kind of funny, considering the the Eastern Conference, quote unquote, it gets mocked as so. Those top, those top three or four teams in the East, man, there's some, there's something else. Like they, have it might be three really of the five best teams. Them. It's just after that, it's like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it's all bad. Below that, I'm like, well, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> exactly. So mine's the similar top two. I just flip them. I have Kevin Durant, then Giannis, but one A, one B. Like you're splitting hairs. Like I'll go either way with that one. I agree with you as far as I have Jokic at number three. The MVP can do everything as well too. Like not a whole lot more needs to be said about Jokic. Four, I'm I'm going to catch some slack for this one. I'm going with Devin Booker at four. What he did during that playoff run, the ability, he's going to get better at shooting threes. And he's already known as a guy that shoots threes, even though he doesn't shoot threes all that well, which is absolutely, everyone thinks he's a sniper when he shoots like 33% from three. He's a mid-range sniper. That is, his ability to finish at the basket has actually gotten a lot better. And he does this without being, without being athletic by NBA standards. He really can't move or fly like they try and compare him to Kobe, which is annoying and I'm not going to get into that. But they, the only thing they basically have in common is really good mid-range shots. Devin Booker is a guy that finds – he has, like, Kevin Durant's skill set just without as much natural, like, physical gifts that can't be emulated because he's not flying. And we saw when he tried to dunk it in the finals, someone got close and he's like, oh, shoot, and lost it. Like, he's not a high flyer. He's just a fundamental bucket. And I imagine he's going to work on his three-point shot and maybe shoot closer to 38-ish percent. So I'm going to put Devin Booker at four, a little bit recklessly. And then I'm going to put – Luke at five. I was trying to think of somebody else that I put at five, but I really couldn't as well, too. If he can just up his free throws just a little bit and shoot less threes, he's going to be right there with Giannis and those guys, too. Like, everything you guys talked about controls the pace. He's an average. He's a walking triple-double, a six, seven-point guard. Controls the game. He just needs to shoot a little bit better. It's a, it's kind of like a much less version, bad version of Ben Simmons in that he, from the free throw line, he's sometimes awful. From the three-point line, he is sometimes miserable. But then other times, he's on fire. So he he needs to stay on the hot side of the thermometer and a little bit less of the cold. Monroe mention is going to be LeBron, the injury thing. And just what I saw in the playoffs with Anthony Davis, he looked very just, he just didn't seem to try a whole lot. That's what kind of was like, what's going on here? Like, that's what kind of threw me off. He, when he was on his game, like in that playing game against Steph Curry, my goodness, that dude was arguably the best player in the world at one point. Steph Curry, arguably the best, should have been, could have been on this list. Like, I can't argue with him not being on it. I just, I feel weird putting a guy who didn't make the playoffs in the top five. That's, Maybe I'm the weird guy. Then when I look at Damian Lillard, who also had a lot of injuries in the mess, almost the same type of game, made the playoffs and had maybe the second best playoff game of the entire postseason as well, too, with that 55-point bomb that he put on the Nuggets. But CJ McCollum stepping out of bounds and the ball bouncing off the guy's heads and stuff. So he did everything possible to win without winning. So those are kind of my five and then my two honorable mentions. I gave you like one and a half there. So it feels like we all are in all in agreement with Giannis, Kevin Durant being in there, and Jokic as well. And Luca, so it seems like we just kind of rotated that number four spot a little bit with was that, and it looks like Kelsey had Joel, Devin had Kawhi, and I had Devin Booker. And, so. and my honorable mention was Joker because I didn't have him in my top five. He was my six. Oh, okay, cool, gotcha. So, and before we get out of here, Kelsey, we actually have a fun little announcement to make too. We, the High Low Sports Podcast and the Unhinged Network, with a new sponsor as well too, and this is one that I think all of us can get behind. I know Devin will as well too, as a guy who definitely enjoys his time at the Xbox. Kelsey, go and take it away. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Swift Lifestyles is a, uh, a gamer fuel slash nutrition slash lifestyle brand uh, that we are partnering with. Basically, it came into existence because there's no such thing as a clean gamer fuel or clean gamer 
any type of drink. Uh, you know, you think energy drinks, you think G Fuel, you think all that. It's all bad for you. It's basically um, like the movie of uh, Role Models, the Monstar Energy Drink, basically, where it makes you pee like Shrek at that point, too. That's pretty much what all the gamer drinks are. Exactly. So the big thing with Swift Lifestyles, the big thing with all their products, they're made with clean ingredients that results in a clean taste. None of that chalky or weird aftertaste, that weird bitter taste, none of that. Uh, so we also, you know, bring bring it to the max level is is the best thing you can do with a clean energy drink, and that's what we're we're doing with Swift Lifestyles. We're trying to get the best out of everybody, and that means including getting better content from DJ and I because now we'll be drinking Swift before our before we get ready in our podcast. So uh, be absolutely fantastic. We can't wait to work with them. Um, just literally just started this week, so we're we're super excited. The the product is in the mail, so we'll be able to test it out and give you guys all the. The, the how-tos and what's not. And don't forget, they also do have gummies that includes for uh, no tropics and also your daily gummy vitamins, um, which, you know, I'm a big gummy vitamin guy. Mm. Give me those Flintstone gummies. So if it's anything like that, I'm down. I can't those and the gummy bears, they were they were my weakness to a fault. That's why I don't have them because I'd eat too many and end up with a belly ache. They'd be counterintuitive. But at the same time, they're so they're good for you as well too. And honestly, dude, we also get a, you get a little discount code with us as well, too. Yeah. So it's not like we're just telling you to jump on it. You actually can try it out yourself for a little bit of a reduced price for checking in with us. Absolutely. 15% off. So you head to swiftlifestyles.com, enter all your products into the cart. And as you go to checkout, it's going to ask you for a coupon code. All you got to do is type in high, low sports, no spaces. And you get 15% off your order. It's absolutely fantastic. Well worth it to, to, to at least try it out. I mean, give it a shot. And you know, we keep it up long enough with these guys. We actually get a flavor inspired by us. So that can't wait for that. I don't know what we're going to pull off for a flavor but inspired by us. There's nothing spicy enough out there to, uh, to capture the essence of high-low sports yet. Not, not enough heat out there to match the hot takes as well, too, as well. So thank, everyone, thank you, everyone, once again for tuning in for our NBA recap as well, too. Football season's coming up. We got some great content coming as well. Devin, we always appreciate you checking as well, too. And we'll definitely revisit some of these closer to NBA season when we make our official predictions moving forward. We'll see if maybe anyone changes their mind or if we stick to our gun, our way too early guns. And we'll see if maybe anyone changes their mind if they're going to regret it at the end of the next season. So thank you all for tuning in. We will see you guys next time. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.